And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the line is Robert Larson. He's coming out to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. So we'll first start off with a sad story. A 125-pound mountain lion wandered onto the parking lot of a Marietta uh, Mall, or I'm sorry, a Temecula Mall, and was accidentally killed by a tranquilizer dart from animal control. Um, I'm guessing this didn't have to happen. It's a sad story, as you said. Um, the It's the Temecula Mall, the Temecula Promenade, Promenade is their official name. It's the only, like, big indoor mall in the whole Temecula Valley. So uh, other than that mall, you'd have to go, I don't know, probably 30 miles to get to the next mall. So anyway, uh, but it's right in the middle of Temecula, real populated area right in the middle of town. Um, It's a good-sized mall. Uh, Got a Macy's and a JCPenney and a bunch of other stores and all that. And... uh, but anyway, it was, I guess, last week, somebody spotted this mountain lion just roaming the parking lot outside of the Macy's, just right outside the Macy's. And uh, so I'm sure that set off some alarm bells. 125-pound mountain lion, that's a pretty big mountain lion. Yeah, that and is pretty big. That can that can kill you. <laughs> so... Uh, Animal control was called pretty quickly, and they came out, and the plan was to shoot this uh, mountain lion with the tranquilizer dart and then uh, bring it back out to the wild. And it didn't look like it was particularly hunting humans or that, you know, that's an issue. When a mountain lion has attacked a person and they get a taste of that blood, then they're going to want it again, and you have to... Usually they have to put an animal down like that or just put it in captivity. I really this, didn't realize mountain lions would crave the taste of blood. I didn't know they had a vampire instinct in them. <laughs> well, the meat, you know. The meat. Oh, the meat. Oh, I guess we're good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the, 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 they don't normally they don't eat humans, but if they get really hungry or something happens and they do sometimes uh, attack someone, that they're going to want it again. They're going to apparently it tastes good to them but it's just not what they normally eat and so there was no indication that this mountain lion had ever attacked a human but it's right there where there might be kids around and they can easily kill a kid so they had to do something and so they shot it with a tranquilizer dart but the thing is um if that dart goes into the heart or the lungs it's gonna generally kill the mountain lion and it it went into the lung and Tragically, the uh, mountain lion died, so they couldn't return it to the wild. Um, you know, and they were saying, well, we tried. to just hit it in one of the muscles and the thigh or the shoulder or something, but we didn't have the luxury of just taking our time to get a perfect shot off and had to do that. So it was tragic, and it's, uh, but it's, I don't know, in a certain sense, it's kind of cool that there's wild animals right outside of town that, Will sometimes wander in that you know you hear about mountain lions but you you never see one i've never seen one and i spend a fair amount of time in the wilderness yeah i've never shot anything before but um i don't know i shot a 22 and it didn't seem like that much effort to aim um something so like i can't figure out why they didn't just shoot it in the butt like they usually do for tranquilizers well i think it was 
you know, I doubt the guy was a high-level sharpshooter paid by the military or something, but probably had a fair amount of confidence. But you know, may have may have been nervous, and that uh, because it's you got to think if you're working for animal control, it's like how often do you have to go out and actually do that and and shoot a mountain lion? So you might have just got yeah. a little nervous, and it was just like I got to get this thing now. There, it, this is a real danger, and I don't think anybody's like screaming that this person is incompetent or anything it's yeah. just one of the tragic situations i was just kind of thinking to this uh nefarious future where animal control is privatized and you have to worry about tranquilizing your darts coming at you at any moment um anyway <laughs> the comical so a, a handcuffed man that was arrested he was in a patrol car in temecula and he decided to jump into the driver's seat and steal the vehicle while the cop was still finishing his investigation um, was he stealing with like his head or how did he, I don't even know how the logistics of this one. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. So, uh, the guy who was arrested is a, uh, it was on the freeway in Temecula and it was the CHP had pulled him over. He was a DUI suspect. And, uh, now we sort of assume when a cop puts you in handcuffs and puts you in the car, He's going to throw you in the back seat, right? You would think, yeah. That's yeah. That, now, that's, where, that's the place where suspects go. Yeah, but the thing is, this car didn't have the the barrier. Oh, and there's some cars don't have that. You know, the wire mess. Oh mesh yeah, yeah. That separates the people in the back. Uh, just some cars. They, there was the reason they explained why they don't all have that. And so this guy, the cop, put him in the passenger seat. And went about finishing up the investigation and taking, uh, I guess they were grabbing the guy's car to tow it. Uh, a tow truck was there and everything. And then it was at this point that the, the suspect um, took his handcuffed hands and brought him around to the front. And um, don't ask me how I know this, but I've, I've been in handcuffs. And if they're not made super tight, you can squish them around your, your butt and bring them your hands around to the front. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They, they, there's, if they don't make them super tight, you can kind of arch your back and get your, your cuffed hands around your butt and then under, you know, bring around to the front uh -huh. and I'm not that limber and I was able to do it. So, um, wow. anyway, that, that's, that's, so that's what he did. And then he just scooted over and just took off. And if it's an automatic, you can drive a car being handcuffed, you know? And so, um, well, and, I think you can still do it if it was like a stick because you just take off you, the, your hands off the steering wheel momentarily and let your knee rest there and make the shift. Yeah, it would be a difficult, but it could be done. But but we know cop cars are automatic, so it wasn't an issue. Uh, but now the thing is, they did say that so on these cars where they sometimes have to put a prisoner in the front seat, that they do have a hook in the bottom, like in the floor, I think it is that where they can tether the handcuffed person to that and then they couldn't do what this guy just did and so the cop may be under a little bit of investigation for why didn't you tether this guy so anyway but the, so he, he he grabbed the car and then it got kind of funnier the cop <laughs> was kind of oblivious for a little while and the tow truck guy goes uh your car's taking off <laughs> And so uh, he says to the cop, like, what do you want me to do? And uh, here I can give you the ride. And the cop said, follow him. So, which is kind of weird. It seems like that may not 
follow police protocol. So in other words, the tow truck driver just sort of got deputized. Yeah, like in the movies. Yeah, and so it's like the, the tow truck driver, they interviewed him for this article I read, and he is kind of chuckling about it and saying, um, well, we weren't chasing him. We were just following him. Yeah. <laughs> Making that distinction and said, uh, I'm not saying how fast we were going, but he was going 100. <laughs> And so a little bit down the road, the guy spun the car off the road and kind of crashed and um, was promptly rearrested and and I'm sure not put in the front seat of the next cop car he was put into. And uh, but yeah, so the, the tow truck driver had a pretty good laugh about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of picturing Officer Bray Brady looking back at his car going away. Oh, my God. But anyways. Um, so a woman in Temecula, and this is the most disturbing story I've read here in a while, so bear with me. Um, so a woman in Temecula was renting out her 14-year-old daughter for prostitution, and apparently her and her boyfriend were doing this. That is just awful. Yeah, you don't really need to say much more. No. It doesn't really get much worse than that, but it was actually, um, they're not given the actual residency of this woman they're just saying that she was arrested in Marietta. in uh in the area but that she had been had this quote-unquote business with her boyfriend where they were uh, renting out two daughters one was uh, an adult they said 18 or 19 and the other was this 14 year old which makes the whole story really disgusting uh and oh. so they were they were like pimps for her two daughters and that it was, they said, all over uh, Murrieta, uh, oh. San Fernando Valley, and other Southern California locations. So um, they arrested the woman and her uh, boyfriend, and they are being charged with human trafficking of a minor, pandering a minor, and pimping, and I don't know, shouldn't it be like crimes against humanity or something like that? Yeah, or I'd rather have crimes against humanity than trafficking, because I don't think they were trafficked anywhere, they are just right in the one empire. Yeah, or just being a really disgusting human being. <laughs> yeah, or being yeah, the worst so. person in the world, that would, that would do it too. Right, so, you know, uh, Although overall it's a low crime area in Murrieta, there's some pretty weird things that go on sometimes. Oh my goodness! Um, and then the slightly, we'll just leave off with uh, the, the heartwarming. Uh, a nonprofit in Temecula provides free prom dresses for girls who can't afford them. That's really sweet, actually, because that's a that's a big thing in a teenager's life. Yeah, I really liked this story, and um, this uh, it's a group called uh, Hope's Community Closet. And they're in Temecula, and they they are um they were talking about this group. Uh, there was this report on them because of the prom season is coming up, and they do this thing. But they they're uh, in they operate year round and provide clothes to low income people in general. And it's all you know everything's donated. They get money donated to them, and they get clothes. And they they like the clothes donated them to either be new or they say gently used. So it's not like any raggedy old clothes it's really they're nice clothes and uh so these are just given away free of charge and uh so throughout the year it's just like anybody it generally if it's like high school kids or kids in school if they have the uh, uh the letter that shows that they're eligible for reduced 
fee or free lunches at school. That's all they need. And then they're able to get the free clothes through this organization. But they, they kind of really step it up a bit during prom season. They, it's just like a thing they sort of specialize in because um, a lot of girls uh, just can't afford it. It's expensive to go to prom. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of those kind of high school rituals, but to a lot of people, it means a lot. And especially to a lot of young girls. And, and there's just this sense of shame and guilt when you can't go because your family can't afford to, you know, buy a dress and all of that. And you know, the way teenagers can be really cruel about things like that. So oh, yeah. this is like, nobody has to know you just go there and you get your dress and, uh, you know, it's going to make maybe make the girl's life for a while. I just kind of, and I just, it's, it's nice to know when we just finished with that really terrible story that there's some nice stories like this going on. Yeah. And, and every girl deserves to be a, like a princess for a day. Yes. So, anyways, um, Robert Larson, he comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland national forest. Welcome to or Thanks for coming on the show this morning, Robert. You're quite welcome. And of course you are listening to the other McCoy show.